I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to. On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide to. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find this show, but even better. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. So this is, this is sort of like one of those difficult topics because we've often talked about some of our experiences as as introverts and sort of alluded to the fact that perhaps some of these things that we experience as introvert adjacent may actually be social anxiety and touches of it mm-hmm. on the there's actually I've, I discovered there's two introvert related subreddits on Reddit. One's called introvert and the other is called introverts and introverts is like no discussion of social anxiety. We are not talking about that. This is not for that. We are here to talk about introversion. So let's not talk about depression and let's not talk about social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Over on introvert, often those things do come up and they always get tagged with, uh, they always get a tag that says social anxiety, more social anxiety than introvert or depression. Like these are things that that, that come up. And there are people who get annoyed because they're like, this is social anxiety, not introversion. (laughs) But it's it's sort of understandable because I think because you and I experience them adjacently, mm-hmm. we wrap them up together. And it takes it's difficult sometimes for people to separate the two because they identify as an introvert, not necessarily as somebody with social anxiety. Yeah, I find it relates to our conversation surrounding am I shy or am I introverted? And I feel a lot of the times introverts get roped into, they must have social anxiety. They they must be antisocial. And antisocial is its own separate thing. Mm -hmm. Can introversion and antisocial tendencies overlap? Mm -hmm. That's a question we'll find out later on in this episode. I mean, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I think, I mean, we can sort of, spoiler alert, yes, they can. Because... I mean, we've already alluded to it because whether or not you consider social anxiety to be antisocial behavior, whatever it is, it is a clinical condition. Essentially, it is something that is that is something you can get therapy for, things like that. Introversion is not. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But like this comes down to the fact that being an introvert is a personality trait. It's how you it's 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 a way that you 
uh, interact in the world, whereas social anxiety is is a clinical behavior rather than rather than something that's that's inherent to your personality. When was the last time somebody said called you antisocial? Oh, I don't really get called antisocial because I fake it real good. And this is one of the things is that is that if people there are people who are like, you're so personable, you can't be an introvert. So I, it's rare that somebody is like uh, accuses me of being antisocial. Mostly people don't believe me when I say that I'm uh, an introvert because they're like, well, how can you get on a stage? Which is a shyness thing, you know, but it's it's very it's very it, 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 I fake it really well. So people don't usually say that to me anymore. There may have been a time though, when I was like, when, you know, people were like, you know, it's the whole, Oh, look who decided to come out of their room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll, the eye roll on Jess, you guys. Oh my gosh. How often have we heard that one? And again, those are, mm. those are punishment phrases. We don't need to mm. hear that. Yeah. And I think antisocial can be used as a form of punishment as well. Sure. I used to get that whenever I was more in my teenage years, you know, when I just wanted to, you know, I just want to be in my room. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to be in my room on a Friday night and we would maybe have like some friends or family over. And if I chose not to come downstairs, it would be maybe my parents coming up saying, you know, you know, do you have to be huh. antisocial? Do you, do you have to <laughs> right now? Like I'm not being antisocial. But, you know, I would like to jump in and say that I would like to, unless other people are referring to us as antisocial, I would like to remove the, the phrase antisocial from our conversation. Let's Ooh. refer to it as social anxiety or shyness or depression. Antisocial is something, again, it's a punishment phrase. It's like it's mm -hmm. a clinical thing, but it's separate from other from the other diagnoses. So and I feel like because people have said it like to yourself and to myself in certain ways, it's a punishment phrase. So we want to take that out of the conversation just for everybody's sake, I think. Oh, fair enough. I think I later on had to, I think more in my university days, start to analyze myself and try to find where my introversion began and maybe my social anxiety began. I I was officially diagnosed with anxiety only in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. Depression was um depression was in my teenage years, which funny enough anxiety usually comes first before depression, I find, but closely linked with anxiety was my social anxiety. But Right. I think I started putting the two together thinking introversion and social anxiety is what, you know, what it's just one thing and it's, it's not interchangeable. It is one entity. And as you've said, it's, it's absolutely two mm. separate. I find that more reflecting into who I am and what my, what my personality can tell me about myself actually started pulling me away from, from putting the two together as one. I find it as weird as that sounds. I think the more I had to reflect on myself, the more I started thinking, you know, there's more tactics and there's more ways of navigating your social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I want to take a second and let, and challenge some of the things, some of the things that we've said and related to our social, to our, our introversion and challenge those as something that could perhaps be a touch of, of social anxiety. 
And I'm going to bring up an early issue that early, like one of our early episodes, we were talking about when we would see somebody on the street and how we would go out of our way to avoid talking to people, even though we might like them. I believe the phrase that you used was, I will dive into a store. You can't prove that. I never said I can, that. Actually. I can actually. It's, <laughs> it's a recording that is actually a direct quote. Oh, um, Lord. <laughs> I will dive into a store, you said. And you know what? I related because I will do the same thing. I will cross the street if I see them far enough ahead. I'll pretend that I don't see them. Just, just, And I've, I've, I've chalked that up to introversion. Because I just don't have, don't, didn't want to spare the energy. Right. But the question is, is that necessarily a trait of introversion or is that more social anxiety? Is it anxiety that's keeping us from, you know, even just saying hi to that person on the street? I, that's a good question. I think immediately what comes to my head is, and, and just speaking for myself, if I were to run into this person, and actually strike up a conversation. One part of my brain I know is going to go toward more of the worry of how that interaction is going to go. Do I have to find some sort of conversation buffer? Do I have to somehow in 1.2 seconds figure out how to excuse myself away from the conversation as I'm this person has made eye contact and does the whole, hey, how are you? Whereas my introversion, I know that's speaking when it's, you know, I just need to get from A to B right now. I I will absolutely, maybe, <laughs> absolutely maybe message this person later. We'll think about it. We'll see. I, I think that more so is where I have to decipher the two is, am I worrying about something about this social interaction or am I reserving something? I can tell you with complete honesty that when it happens to me, when I see somebody on the street and this is the vast majority of people, if you're a friend of mine and you see me on the street and I don't see you, oh, I saw you and I apologize for that. I apologize for being that guy. I saw you and I chose not to, to pretend that I didn't see you. And I will cop to the fact that, that as I see you, that's anxiety. I feel like, oh my God, I don't want to, do what are we, we going to say? What are we going to talk about? Like, I just don't, I just don't want to bother with it. I can't. And I talk that I'm going to call Absolutely. that as anxiety. So right mm -hmm. there for me, that's anxiety. Now, if it's the end of the day, if I've had like a busy social day, if I have like, that might not be social anxiety. That might just be exhaustion, but nine times out of 10, it's completely anxiety. <laughs> Merch idea, t-shirt. <laughs> if you saw me on the street, I apologize. 100%, I saw you. One hundred percent, I saw you. Yes, absolutely. Yes, oh I did. I did. I I cannot count the number of people people I like, people I genuinely like, who I've mm -hmm. seen them coming, and I have just either pretended that I didn't see them, or stopped to look in a store window, or even crossed the street when I, I saw them early enough. So yes. That's completely a product of of my of of any kind of it's anxiety. It's not debilitating for me, but it is it's something that that, that comes up. Oh yeah, I mean, I one time decided to challenge myself to go up to somebody I saw on the street. I said, I thought to myself, okay, this is someone you liked. 
you, you don't genuinely, you know, generally do this. Why not? Just this once. Let's do it. I see this person, we make eye contact and I said, Hey, how's it going? How are you? And they're like, do I know you? I was like, <gasps> the worst, the worst. I was like, I, yeah, we actually worked together for a little while. We got, we went to a couple parties together. <laughs> he genuinely did not recognize me. And I'm like, I swear I know you. <laughs> Like, and I said his name, where we worked. He's like, I'm sorry. I just don't remember you. And I think from that moment on, I was like, that's it. Never challenging myself again. Never. Nope. I'm that's done. sort of like one of those situations. If they're like, you know, and who are you again? Go fuck yourself. Just. Yeah. What the heck? We spent two years working together. Come on. Couldn't even anyway. have just said, hey, you. That's what I would do. Even if I didn't recognize the person, I'd be like, hey, I've done it so many times. If somebody has actually initiated, which, by the way, I have to thank all of those people who are people that I like, who I've seen on the street and pretended not to see. I acknowledge the fact and I respect the fact that you also pretended not to see me. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> That is an introvert's handshake if I ever did hear one. <laughs> that's it is, how we should that's, that's like that's like we didn't even we didn't even like make eye contact, but I know we saw each other and we both just passed like ships in the night. <laughs> that's love. <laughs> that's love. That is that is that is that is that is like I don't we're not you know what we're not gonna hang out, but you know what? Respect, fellow introvert, respect. Absolutely. Salute. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking also about, you know, we've talked about the fact that 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 sometimes if there's a social event that I am, I will often subject myself to negative self-talk that I that mm -hmm. I have to talk myself out of to get myself in the door of going to that event or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 100% again, I will cop to the fact that is anxiety. That's not introversion. That's anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do you have an example of when it was introversion? I mean, the whole, like. <laughs> I think, stumped you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I would say that for me, introversion is, <laughs> introversion is at least wanting to know how many people are going to be at that party and how many do I actually know so that I can prepare myself for the party. Or the gathering. If I if there's a party and I know only the host, but I feel like I have to show up, I am 100% prepared to do an Irish goodbye to get out of there, which means that I will show up, I will say hello to the host, stay for a respectable 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then I'm out of there. But that's more about, about the energy level that it takes to, to be in a room full of perfect strangers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, I... I think leading up to those events, and I know when my anxiety is starting to go, it really is a, for you, it, for you, your introversion speaks when it's how many people are going to be there. For me, it's how many people are going to be there. And do I know any of them? Do I have a conversation buffer? When was the last time that they saw you? Mm. Were you a hot mess during that time? Oh my gosh, do you have anything you have to explain for? Like, and it just suddenly goes into overdrive and then I have to start rehearsing, like, let's say, like, maybe the last time somebody saw me, it wasn't exactly the greatest <laughs> image. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I I was not a hot mess, listeners. I was perfect. Don't worry about it. But 
yeah it has to happen (laughs) yeah i i had you know back in the day when i was when i was younger and before i had come to terms with the fact that i was an introvert back when i was like convincing myself that i was that i was an extrovert i certainly was not and i wasn't behaving like one but you know there would be a party and i'd be like i'm gonna go to that party and then the day of the party or the night of the party as i was like i should get ready to go and i'd be like who's going to be there and what do we have to talk about if I, if I go and have I done anything interesting that people are going to ask me, you know, everybody, I'm strong with these people that they know I'm an actor. What am I working on? Nothing. God, I'm a loser, whatever. But it was like this way that I would talk myself out of going to the party or the gathering or whatever. And that, that's again, that's anxiety, but I didn't recognize it as such. And, and I think a lot of us don't, a lot of us, do these things that are anxiety based and we tell ourselves that they are introvert based. And I think we definitely bite off more than we can chew because there's that level of denial too, right? Oh, sure. We're saying yes to things we shouldn't be saying yes to in the first place because, you know, boundaries or needing to rest and that recharge time, we don't recognize how important it is quite yet. And then I think because of that denial, that's what can kick some social anxiety into overdrive. And that's why, where we can start overthinking. And yeah. then suddenly we're just not enjoying ourselves anymore. We're robbing ourselves of an experience, right? Whereas if I'm going to go to something and I know 100% you should go to this, like whether it be a friend's show or go to that party, the family gathering, whatever it is, I know if I'm going to have a good time, it's something that's valuable to my relationships and to me, I'm going because it's the right thing to do. Whereas just saying yes to everything is going to, you know, complicate relationships. Frankly, you don't become a very trustworthy person after a while because no one's going to believe that you're going to go. Yeah. I think that, that there's I th- one of the things that, that introverts who, who also have some form of, of social anxiety or, or depression, because those two can, those can come hand in hand. One of the, the disservices that we do is not recognizing which aspects are based in anxiety and which are based in introversion. And that can allow us to mask anxiety by saying, well, I don't, I don't go to parties. I, you know, I don't go to these things. I, I, because I, I hate people or whatever, because of my, my introversion. And instead of, of, if it's debilitating, that part is clinical and you could get treatment for that while still being true to your introvert self, while still being an introvert, you can still get, so get, get treatment for social anxiety or anxiety in general. You know, it's so true because, you know, a lot of the times we forget that social anxiety is not just for introverted people. Imagine being extroverted and having social anxiety. I know. That's a tough tightrope. I know a few who have anxiety and, and suffer from, from, from who are also, who are also extroverts. And that's Mm. because that is that is an that is an entirely different thing and the experience is probably different but mm-hmm. the underlying behavior is the same right right can you think of other things that you have attributed to so to introversion that are probably anxiety yes <laughs> i i'm really embarrassed of my school years, my theater school years, because of how many auditions I skipped out on 
because I just, I felt myself wanting to stay home and I didn't want to, I thought I was calling, you know, I honestly thought I was being lazy Mm. in that, you know, I had to take the bus everywhere and I had to figure out, you know, just how I'm getting around. It was a long bus Mm. ride. And I, I thought to myself, wow, I really don't apply myself. I clearly have no drive for this. And wow, way to get like the guilt just like sort of sinks in after I've let the, after I've let the anxiety have its way basically. But I used to confuse that for introversion thinking I just didn't want to be around people. And meanwhile, it was my own self-doubt. So I would say definitely outside of parties and all of that, it was my school years of missing out on really important opportunities that could have built me up. I had similar experiences after theater school, spent many years when I was quote unquote actively work trying to be an actor, but so many times I would not apply for the audition or I would not go to the audition or I would uh, find a reason not to go. And it was anxiety. It was anxiety that kept me from going. Sometimes it was, but I don't like deep down, like, I don't know anybody who's involved with this show. What like, there's all like, I could come up with a million excuses not to go to the audition and that always won. And I didn't go. And that was, that was in some really important years, like in my, like in my twenties to my, into my mid thirties that I was like, especially in the 25 to 30 range where I just was like not doing it. And it's, I, I don't recommend that. I don't remember. I don't recommend letting anxiety and letting that anxiety take you away from the thing that you actually really enjoy doing. That you said something there that like, as soon as you said it, I was saying it in my head, we're always going to give ourselves a million reasons not to do something. Mm -hmm. If that is, if that's the case and you're sitting, giving yourself reason after reason after reason not to do it, chances are that's anxiety talking. Absolutely. Because if it's your intro, if it's your introversion, you're going to think of a practical reason, something practical and tangible that is going to tell you you shouldn't do something, whether that be it goes against a boundary. It, it go, you know, it, this is not something that's conducive to my recharge time. It's reasonable. Whereas, you know, for example, my husband and I, you know, we're expecting and having a having this need to write a show has brought up some questions about how am I going to do this while I have a career? while I do this podcast, while I have everything else going on in my life. And I started to have this moment of self-doubt of, should I really be putting myself out there anymore as a writer? Should I be doing, um, giving up this time and going to Toronto and doing some work there? And I started giving myself so many unreasonable doubts that my husband had to stop me and say, we're partnership. What makes you think I'm not going to help you get there, right? And the more he kept talking Mm. about it, and the more he kept trying to tell me it's reasonable to do this, I kept giving a reason, no, I'm not going to do it. And again, reason after reason, and it really was my anxiety Mm -hmm. going suddenly of, there's just change in the air. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And I think I started to attribute who I was as a person Mm. and letting my anxiety speak for me. And it's really not who I am, right? Yeah. I think one of the interesting things you brought up the like the issue with like all of the reasons and, and you know what I'm talking about like if there's some kind of social event especially if it's like an industry event or it's like a networking thing as I will you know the negative self talk all the reasons why I shouldn't go it it can be helpful 
to write out or think of the reasons why you should go. And your anxiety is a cruel, cruel bitch. And it's going to give you more reasons to not go than to go. But sometimes the reasons to go are a lot bigger and better than the many reasons that it's that your brain is sending you to not do the thing. Just thinking of like, so why am I going to this thing? Oh, yes, because, you know, because I I, I actually like the people who are there. There's some really good stuff that happens there or so and so might is often goes and I will see them like the These are things that can get you in the door and a way to to sort of combat the negative self-talk. Oh, yeah. Introversion is true to you and your anxiety is just the thief. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a thief that steals, right? It like steals who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Whereas your introversion is just a part of who you are. Yeah. Shall we jump into to the internet? Because there's some helpful stuff that I think that that might be there. And we each have some some internet-based knowledge that mm-hmm. we can share. So let's go to the internet and we'll 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 talk about that. So what on Health Online, I actually found an article this this time at healthonline.com. There's an uh, article about introvert versus social anxiety. And it says, there's one key difference between introversion and social anxiety. Introversion is a personality trait, not a mental health condition. Introverted people draw energy from within. As an introvert, you probably dedicate plenty of time to solitary pursuits. Relaxing and unwinding alone appeal to you, so you might prefer more often than not to make plans with yourself over someone else. If you're an introvert, you might have strong listening skills, carefully consider options before making a decision, dislike confrontation, or prepare to share feelings and thoughts through writing or art. Living with social anxiety or social phobia typically means you experience significant nervousness and fear in social situations or when simply thinking about social situations. This fear generally stems from the idea that others will reject you or judge you negatively. If you're introverted, you might keep to yourself because you enjoy solitude. With social anxiety, on the other hand, you may actually want to join the crowd but feel nervous of your reception and potential rejection. With social anxiety, you might often feel anxious about doing something embarrassing in public, Avoid interacting with people you don't know well. Fixate on the possibility of social slip-ups like forgetting someone's name or sneezing during a lecture. Or feel frustrated or lonely because you struggle to connect with others in the way you'd like. Mm, Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) I've come to terms, and I did this years ago, I've come to terms with the fact if I'm introducing somebody like, like a significant other to a group of people, I'm going to forget one person's name. Guaranteed. It doesn't matter how well no. I know them. I'm going to, I'm going to forget one person's name. So you're going to blank. I'm going to blank. I'm going to blank. And so I determined that the name that's most important is the name of my partner. Mm-hmm. And I try to get, find ways to get other people to introduce themselves. Oh, okay. Because, okay. and I, and I've done this. I've been like, I haven't, I've always, I get in there and I'm like, the name I can't forget is my partner. Because that would be bad. But then I'll be like going around and then I'll get to somebody I know and I'll be like, and this is. Holy shit. It's going to be me. Watch it. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is, it is. is like there's, there's, there's always and I learned this ages ago. There will be one person if I'm introducing somebody to a group, I will forget one person's name. 
And so I've chosen to make sure that the person whose name I don't forget is the person I'm introducing. And what I will often do is, Melanie, this is this is everybody, everybody, this is Melanie. And they will usually take the cue to introduce themselves with their names. But I do that so that I don't face my, I'm not faced with, with like pointing to somebody that I know really well and going, and that's that guy, that, that's God. Oh. Yeah, see, you got nice friends, too, that would take that cue. That happened to me once where I was like, partner, this is everybody, everybody, this is partner. And I had someone that knew that I didn't know a couple of names. And they did the whole, oh, Jess, why don't you introduce them? You know what? That person is not a friend. That person is not a friend. Rude. Completely rude. (laughs) Not a friend. You You are the weakest link, my friend. You are the weakest link. Get out. Such a smug yes. look too and everything. It's interesting <laughs> that like they bring up the dislike and confrontation, which I might have earlier said is a is social anxiety, but I think we can safely say because of the the energy it takes that it's a it might it might also be social anxiety, but it is mostly introversion. Considering options before making a decision, oh, yeah. that's all well and good. On the social anxiety uh, spot, it's like um, avoiding interacting with people you don't know well. Like when you pass them on the street and you pretend not to yeah, see them. Phil. Listen, I've never done I've, that before. You, <laughs> I will dive into a store, quotes Jess McCauley. You have no problem. I have the I literally has an archive. It's in the archive. <laughs> it's like one of the early episodes, guys. Go back, you'll find it. There's there's the interesting of the idea of of fixating on the possibility of social slip ups. And that's mm-hmm. sort of like that is certainly an issue with with that I think sort of leads into the negative self talk that I've described is like social slip ups or maybe because I don't have anything to say or I'm not interesting or whatever that is. And to me, that would be doing mm-hmm. something embarrassing in public would be not to be interesting or to be boring or whatever. Yeah, and I I certainly felt um I felt a little strange connection with feeling frustrated or lonely because you struggle to connect. I feel like that can be both like that. My anxiety stops me from becoming close to somebody or it stops me from, you know, wanting to get to know them because I have doubts about myself. Like I just don't add up to who this person is. Right. Or whereas my introversion can also be a, you know, I'm at work and I'm tired and I don't really feel like connecting with the new person and I just want to get in and get out. Yeah. Right. So I find that that's a tough one for me because that's where the intersection is. This is the thing is that there is an intersection there because, you know, there it does take energy to do these things. Right. And it it is, you know, we, we both we get into that 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 very issue, that anxiety of of it's both. Right. That's the problem is that is that as an introvert, if you're both in an introvert that has social anxiety, you're going to feel the anxiety anytime you go out, like feeling frustrated because you struggle to connect with others in the way you'd like. Like if I if I wasn't an introvert, if I was an extrovert, that would be fucking hell. Right. That would be like, oh, my God. Like, how do I get through life? But as an introvert, I think it's important if you're trying to figure out which it is, we have to think about what is the cause behind my not going out? Do I do I actually not have the energy for it? Is that is that an honest answer? Have I expended too much in my batteries today? I don't have anything left or 
am I just anxious? Do I feel, am I like, what are the reasons that I'm giving myself for not going to this thing? These are, I think the questions to, to try to figure out which it is. Mm -hmm. And not that that will necessarily solve the problem, but it might, if we find ourselves more often feeling anxious than we do, like we need to be, that we just want to be alone, then, then maybe that's a clinical thing and we should possibly get some help. Absolutely. You know, it's, if I can find, if I can pinpoint a moment where I start to talk myself out of something, if I have that ability to take a step back and answer honestly in one complete sentence, Hmm. what is my main concern and actually create something, an answer that's tangible, it's rational, it's practical, and it's grounded for sure. You, you got a solid answer there. But if I can't answer that straight without something being unreasonable <laughs> or something I'm, I'm jumping to a conclusion, even if I'm, mm. if I'm assuming something, then I have to wonder if this is my anxiety now. I might suggest that it's possible that if you're telling yourself a story about why you can't go, mm -hmm. then that's probably social anxiety. If you just go, I just don't have it in me. Mm -hmm. That's that's okay. Introvert time. I need to be alone. I'll play video games, whatever. But if there's an elaborate story or any kind of story about why you can't go or multiple stories, then that is 100% anxiety because mm -hmm. it's anxiety that produces those those stories, those those ideas that, oh, no, you can't go because of this or this or like all those multitudes of things. Other, I think if you're just if you're just if it's just based in, in introversion. You're just going to be like, hmm, I just don't have it in me. So with the article that I brought from SheKnows.com, the article is five ways being an introvert is nothing like being antisocial. And it's really summed up nicely in five points. So number one, being antisocial is a clinical condition. Uh, can, I, can I jump in and ask a question? Mm -hmm. Does this article, does this article specify the antisocial? It does, yes. Because again, because I I'm curious because we've we've talked about how antisocial is a right can be a negative term, and when what we're really talking about is social anxiety or depression or something like that. So I'm curious if this article defines what it means by antisocial. Yes, let me go. The the reason why I keep jumping on that is is I think that that antisocial has a more negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Technically, I mean, here's the, the dictionary definition of antisocial is contrary to the laws and customs of society devoid of or antag antagonistic to sociable instincts or practices. So there's a uh, Bridges to Recovery article. What is the difference between social anxiety and social phobia? Social phobia refers to the fear of being scrutinized and judged while performing some type of task in public, while social anxiety describes feelings of intense nervousness and self-consciousness that sufferers experience during one-on-one -on -one meetings or group social gatherings. Okay. It sounds a lot to me like like what they're they're using antisocial as a way of saying social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the re and and the reason why that's sort of like problematic problematic is yeah. because antisocial is its own clinical diagnosis which is unrelated to social anxiety and is really a, a disrupt more disruptive socially mm -hmm. thing and that's that's why i think I, I 
I see why they're doing it. They're 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 using the term antisocial as a as a stand in for social anxiety because it sounds better. But it's I think it's important to be specific mm-hmm. about the language that we use here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. OK. And I'm going to leave some of this in so that it makes sense, because the article specifically says introvert versus antisocial. I usually go off of the title. <laughs> And I'll be I'll be changing the title when we publish it. But we did as we initially thought of it, we said introvert or antisocial. But what we meant was social anxiety. No, but that is a really good like that is a good conversational piece, though, is being mindful of that language, too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important because, like we said, Mm -hmm. the phrase antisocial has been weaponized against a lot of introverts and a lot of people with social anxiety as when we're like trying to to get our alone time and things like that. So, again, we want to we want to disarm that that language i think with this article that we had brought from she knows titled five ways being an introvert is nothing like being antisocial let's be mindful that it's more so social anxiety that we are speaking with so we're going to take out the word antisocial in these these little five pieces here and we're going to replace it with social anxiety so number one be having number one having social anxiety is its own clinical condition. Being introverted is a personality trait. Number two, introverts are equipped with the skills needed to be social and build relationships. Whereas individuals with social anxiety find that they are unable to relate to others in a healthy way. Question mark. (laughs) This article is weird. And we're going to like, like we need, we need to talk about this because this article they're using antisocial in this article in its clinical term. An antisocial person is a person who is against society, who lacks empathy for others. This is what this article actually says. This is their definition. This is what they're using for antisocial. I have never heard somebody, when we're talking about, an- they're, they're using antisocial in its Literal clinic definition is what's happening here. And it feels strange that introverts are being roped into this one. Like yes. it, it's very if strange. I look at the, if I look at the, if I look at the, the, the description of the first one, which is being antisocial is a clinical condition. Being introverted is a personality trait. The description is a person who is antisocial is basically someone who is a psychopath, which is not social anxiety. It's just not, it's, it's, it's not we're it's not talking about about social anxiety it's talking about literal antisocial behavior mm-hmm. some antisocial i mean number 3 an antisocial person can be extroverted and very outgoing some antisocial people are serial killers like Ted Bundy <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that one <laughs> but this is the thing is yeah. is again they're using they're using antisocial as so when people, when, when I think, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think that when friends, when acquaintances, when coworkers or parents mention that, that, you know, we're being so antisocial, mm-hmm. they're not referring to us in this clinical way. Right. They're not saying you're a you are a dangerous to society person who is essentially the equivalent of Ted Bundy. They mean that we are not being very sociable. Right. This article is taking it to me is, is like literally looking at the words, the word antisocial as a, 
like as it as the like in its clinical definition, mm-hmm. which is I think not what anybody who's calling uh, an introvert antisocial is not what they mean. No, and certain it is certainly something to point out though if someone is to call you antisocial, that is something to ask them to clarify what exactly they mean by that. Because I think I think that generally people don't understand that what they're doing is they're using a clinical term. Mm-hmm. I think that when people call an introvert or somebody with social anxiety antisocial, that they mean not sociable. Right. I don't think that they're saying you're a psychopath. Right. <laughs> I'm finding it a little tricky. Like it's a weird conversation. I mean, the thing is that like it's the the whole thing is a weird conversation because like words matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way that, that we have as a society flippantly used the term antisocial to mean somebody who's not sociable when what it means is clinically against society, a disruptive person to society, potentially dangerous. Right. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's like when somebody is a perfectionist and they keep saying that they have OCD to me, that's what it starts to feel like. Yeah. Is it say you are yeah. owning, you're owning something that you have no right to own, right? But, yeah. you know, even putting that label on somebody where it's a, you know, where the comparison apparently Ted Bundy falls under is a bit much. Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. No, but they're like, they're again, they're, they're using this, this very mm-hmm. specific thing because they're also saying like, so for example, if we look at number four. Mm-hmm. Introverts enjoy deep connections with the people they're close to while antisocial individuals are unable to feel empathy. That's a psychopathic trait. That is not social anxiety. That is that is sociopathic. That is that exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So that's like I think the only thing that we could take is number five, which is introverts don't need to be fixed or taught to be different. That's right. I liked that one. I did. When I was when I was looking through the article, I was like, I really enjoyed this one. Now, had we have not have had this conversation, mm-hmm. I I want to call back to number four because yes. I think my issue is is that there for the author to say to make this point to to clarify the difference, there has to be people out there that must think that introverts are heartless that we have no feeling and I have to, where did that come from? Who, who, who has thought that? I think, I mean, here's the thing. If I look at the first paragraph of this article and I think, I think that, that, that what they've done is they've taken the fact that, that often people call introverts antisocial as we've discussed. And they've tried to be like, well, literally what an antisocial means is that you're a psychopath. So let's talk about why introverts are not this, right? Right. That's, I think what they've done, because it's it's the first paragraph is introverts get a bad rap. Popular stereotype stereotypes tend to be downright offensive. Some people believe introverts are awkward and have trouble relating with others. Others believe introvert being an introvert means being a loner or antisocial. Again, Mm -hmm. I don't think that people actually think that. I think that when people use the term antisocial, they mean Mm -hmm. not sociable, not clinically antisocial. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's it's funny because sometimes, like, I often, this is like the an, another one of those articles where you're like, how did this article come to be? <laughs> what was the conversation? Because I think a more helpful article would have been, and of course it's a shorter article, is mm-hmm. to go. 
but you you don't mean so you don't mean antisocial. You mean not sociable. Mm-hmm. Done. Article over. I guess it doesn't get many clicks, but <laughs> that's the short article, right? Right. Absolutely. It again. I have to wonder who, who what what conversation did you have with somebody for yeah. them to have this impression of introverts? I just I'm I'm at a I'm at a full loss with it. <laughs> To to reiterate, I just don't think that they're that that when like this person heard an introvert being called antisocial mm-hmm. and was like, but that's a clinical condition. That's nothing like what what introversion is. In, uh, antisocial is a very dangerous condition. And I don't think that they were thinking, oh, what the person who said that means is not sociable. Mm-hmm. I think that there was a, a gross misunderstanding on the part of the person who introduced the article and they just ran with it to the end. Right. Right. I know that when people have called me antisocial, they don't mean that I'm a dangerous uh, uh, sociopath or psychopath. They mean I'm not sociable. And if they don't, please tell me that you think that so I can cut you out of my life. Clarify things. (laughs) (laughs) He's Phil Rickaby and he's the safe, safest individual. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, though, to think about, like, sometimes these articles can lead us into into a place that we didn't mean to go. But it's an interesting Mm -hmm. conversation because earlier we mentioned how people throw around the word antisocial Mm -hmm. to describe introverts. Now, if you know somebody that's called if you're an introvert, and you know, somebody who's called you antisocial and they meant the clinical condition. Maybe we should have a conversation. You should have a conversation with that person because it's a personality disorder. I mean, I guess I mean, because the secondary definition is not sociable. But when when adjective number one is basically a clinical condition, that's sort Mm -hmm. of problematic. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's an that's an awkward conversation to have. Again, it's a slippery slope into a whole other conversation. So when you said I was antisocial, did you mean (laughs) that I have a personality disorder or did you just mean that I'm not sociable? (laughs) Watch them squirm. (laughs) Uh, uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) What I meant was I was just trying to shame you to come out of your room. Yeah, I got to call my parents after this. <laughs> I got a conversation to have with them. Listen, listen here, Ma, Jackie, yeah. if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> so, did we learn anything today? I learned to remember to so to separate social anxiety with antisocial. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, those are two terms I know I've been guilty of making them interchangeable. And they are not. They are not yeah. interchangeable. Far away from each other. And so I think that has been a good reminder to ensure that when I speak about how I prefer to socialize or how others socialize, to not make those assumptions and to mm. ensure I'm using the proper language because, you know, I'm, I, I like to make sure that I am not saying something hurtful or someone is saying hurtful to me and they don't mean it that way. 
it's unkind to yourself mm-hmm. to conflate the two, to, 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 to conflate something that is a personality trait in the way that you interact with the world with something that is a treatable clinical issue. Right. Yeah. You know, you can you you can be treated and you can you can you can, you know, see somebody and talk to somebody about social anxiety and, and work through that. You can't really work through your your introversion without being mm-hmm. absolutely miserable. Yeah. But again, that is a spectrum and that could slide over time. But it's it's interesting to, to, to think about how often you and I have both on this podcast conflated the two. Mm-hmm. And I can't guarantee that we won't fall into that in the future. And I, I, we will try to call ourselves out when it happens, but it's become so ingrained. But we'll try to remind ourselves of what of the difference between introversion and social anxiety. But I like for me, I think what I learned was just to work at identifying which it is, mm-hmm. and if it is social anxiety evidenced by a negative self talk to try some positive self-talk and to, you know, even if it's just like all the reasons here, all the, my brain is giving me all the reasons I should not go to this thing. Number one, should I ask if that's true? Because number one on the list, as I've mentioned before, when I'm, when my brain is talking me out of going to a thing is nobody likes you. Mm -hmm. So like, I have to start with, is that true? No, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And then we have to go to, why am I going? What do I want from this thing that I'm going to? And, you know, try to, Build a foundation for going to the thing, even if you just get in the door for 15 minutes. Let's remember from our party episodes, just getting in the door is a triumph, whether you stay for 15 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour or longer. And you should celebrate those triumphs. You know, if you manage to go to those parties or those networking events, Mm -hmm. you are absolutely encouraged to pat yourself on the back. Because absolutely, it took courage to go through with that, especially if you had those doubts. You deserve that. Yeah. You know what? You should celebrate that with a selfie and tag us. Because if you find yourself that you've managed to go to a, go to a gathering and you're proud of yourself, we want to be pr- we want to be proud of you too. So take a selfie, tag us. We will celebrate you too. Because anytime that we're able to get in the door at these things, and and manage to to have a good time, even for a short while before a battery runs out. That's a triumph, and we want to celebrate you. Make no mistake about it. I am the queen of emojis and like celebration. <laughs> Phil sends me something. I'm like, yes, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I yeah, no, you all deserve it. You're doing great out there. Thank you.